April 11, 2022, in Masechet If you count from the top, it's five lines down, two words before the end of the line. The Gemara is continuing to explain the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, If a person were to use the name of Avodah Zarah in order to, to state a neder, in order to take a shivuah, that's mekayim, in either of those circumstances, by using the name of Avodah Zarah, you're not per se worshipping the Avodah Zarah, but you're nonetheless violating a mitzvah lo ta'aseh. Says the Gemara, Hanoder bishmo v'hamekayim bishmo minalan. Minalan, minalan, minayim lanu. What's the source that those are isurim from the Torah, that a person who's noder, a person who... Uh, is Oser, so prohibits an object to him with the name, by means of the name of the Avodah Zarah, or he's Nishba, he swears that he's going to do something or not do something with the name of Avodah Zarah. How do you know that's a violation of a Lota Asedetanya, as the Beraita teaches, Veshem Elohim Aherim Lotazkiru? On the one hand, the Pasuk says you should not mention the name or the names of Elohim Aherim, with a lowercase g, of course, other gods. Sheloyomar Adam Lahavero explains the Beraita, says a person may not say to his friend, Shimorli Besad Avodat Kochavim Pelonit. Hang on, wait for me next to, and then he mentions the name of Avodazara, of En Avodazara, even if it's the name of the temple or the idol, which he's just using as a place marker, it's prohibited. Why is it prohibited? Shem Elohim Aherim Lotaskiru, you're not allowed to mention the name or names of Avodah Zarah. Continues the Beraita, it says, Lo yishama al picha. Those names should not be heard on your name. Furthermore, explains the Beraita what we learned from this. Shelo yidor bishmo, velo yikayem bishmo. You can't make a neder with the shem of the Avodah Zarah. You can't make a shivuah, a swear, an oath with the name of the Avodah Zarah. So of course that's our source. The Gemara began with, what's the source? Minalan, what's the source? Shelo yidor velo yikayem bishmo. And now we have our answer. Lo yishama al picha. Continues the Beraitan. It says, "Velo yigrom leacherim sheyideru bishmo veyikayemu bishmo." And when we refer to acherim, we're probably and specifically referring to non-Jews. Even non-Jews, you can't cause and lead them to a state of being in which they're swearing by means and by ways of mentioning their avodah zarah. Shelo yigrom leacherim sheyideru bishmo veyikayemu bishmo. That's what the Beraita sets forth for us, what we learned from Loisha Ma'al Picha. So again, the Beraita mentions two separate violations. One, Shem Elohim Aherim, you can't have the mention of Shem Aherim Lotaskiru on your name, on your mouth, and that is, don't even use it as a place marker. Secondly, Loisha Ma'al Picha, make certain that they're not heard from your t- tongue on your mouth. And from that we learned Neder Shivua, even bringing another to the Neder Shivua. Davar Aher concludes the Beraita, it says, I have another explanation to that, those last words, Lo Yishama Al Picha. Lo Yishama Al Picha, Azhara Lemesit Ulemediah. That's an Azhara, that's the warning for a Mesit Umediah. Mesit Umediah is a person who brings in Mesit situation one other to Avodah Zarah. He lures the other into Avodah Zarah. That's Mesit Mediah, like Irhanidahat, is when you caused many to come to Avodah Zarah. You start some sort of cult in which they're worshipping Avodah Zarah. Those are both prohibited from the Torah with death penalty. How do you know there's... Someone who's going to bring them, obviously doesn't care. And maybe... If you give a prohibition something, 
how do we know that we can put him to death better yet? All right, you're right. Uh, so we don't. The person is really uh, off. He's deranged, and as a result, uh, we, we, we need. So, but azhara means it's an azhara from the Torah. In other words, the Torah can't punish unless the Torah has issued in context or separately a azhara, and so that's what we're looking for over here. We know there's death penalty, and that's sufficient, you say, but it's not sufficient within the system of the Torah. You need an azhara as well. What's that? Say it again. Museums, if you go to, in which you mention the name of Abu Dazara. Yeah, well, uh, several things. First and foremost, if it's not a usable Abu, if nobody's worshiping it today, not an issue. It's not. But, no, over here we're talking about the Abu Dazara, which is in place. So I say to you, meet me by that. But you have better than that. You have better than that. Yeah, well, church is not per se a shame Abu Dazara. But if you mention the name Yeshu, if you mention the name Jesus, is that a problem? The Poskim discussed this as far back as Hagahot Maimoniot and beforehand, they discuss it in this context, because the, con- the context of the Gemara is you can't mention Abu Dazara, you can't even mention it. I just mentioned, the Hachamim mentioned, it's not as if this is unfounded, and the general approach to the matter is that was a Shem Pirati, that was the name this individual was given. Many people, as a matter of fact, have that name until today. Certainly, I lived in Washington Heights, the Dominican uh, population. Many people have that name. So you have that name. It's no longer envisioned as merely and specifically, that's right, it's pronounced a little bit differently, as specifically an Abu Zazara name. And as a result, it's permitted. There's a question about the holiday, December 25th. Are you allowed to say that? The answer is, according to the majority, if not almost all post scheme, it's permitted. Why is it permitted? Because it's a holiday which today is divorced from its specific religious interaction and involvement. Nonetheless, we try to stay away from it on all of those, and as a result, we try not to mention them. In a, in a museum, though, you really, I assume, generally speaking, not talking about usable avodazara, not avodazara, which is in place, the issue really wouldn't arise in that context. The issue of monks and who they, like, uh, say, or something like that would be Potentially. The question is, in Buddhism, are they actually uh, worshipping the Buddha or not? Generally speaking, the vision that I've been told, I haven't looked into this, so don't try this at home, please, but is that they're not worshipping Buddha. Buddha is some sort of being in which they tap into certain truths or something or another, so it's not Avodazara per se. I'm not encouraging you to go that way, but... Yeah, there, there, are, there is care and, uh, that, that needs to be given to much of this, but generally speaking, we're not surrounded, aside from Christianity, in our 21st century America by Avodazara Mamash. Anyway, here's so it means that it can't be heard on your mouth. We derive from this that even when something's being heard on your mouth, you're being warned from doing so, meaning had you convinced the other person or people to do Avodazara, if not through your mouth. Okay, says the Gemara, let's deal with each of these are almost all of these issues one by one working backward. Let's work with the last one first. These last two, Mesitu Mediah, with Davarahir, we derived Azhara for them from that Pasuk of Lo Yeshama Al Picha. Right? That was the Davarahir Azhara to the Mesitu Mediah. Says the Gemara Mesit if you look for the person who lures, who entices others to Abu Dazara, the Azara is Behedya, it's explicit in the Pesukim. How so? The Pasuk says explicitly, all of Israel will see, in the context of Mesit, will see, they'll fear, uh, uh, excuse me, they'll hear and they'll fear and they won't do. Well, that's the warning in the Torah. Ela says the Gemara, rather, we have to fix a little bit the end of that Beraita. Azhara le Mediah. 
the end of the Beraita should read not for Mesit Umediach, but rather specifically to Mediach. Mesit is just for the individual, Mediach is for the collective, for the group. We don't have an Azara in the Torah explicitly for Mediach. We have it now from Loisha Mal Picha. Okay, continues the Beraita, and we read it just a few moments ago, moving backwards. That was the statement. You can't and may not, as a prohibition from the Torah, lead others to use the Shema Abu in the context of Shivua or Neder. says the Gemara. This is a support. Lesayeh means to support. It's a support for the father of Shemuel, who was one of the Emoraim as well. De Amar After all, his statement was Asur le Adam the statement of Abu Hadishmuel goes as follows It's prohibited to go into partnership with an Oved Avodazara because by so doing, you might enter into a dispute, and the person, in order to deal with you, will use their God's name in the context of a Shibua or a Neder. It means that it was prohibited. You're not allowed to be in a circumstance, a situation where you even brought them, meaning a non-Jew, to use the Shema Abudazara in the context of Shibua or Neder. That's the statement of Avu Adishmuel. Tosafot questions this. Tosafot questions this because Tosafot wonders, even if I'm not in partner, what if I'm in a business dealing with a non-Jew and we go to court or something of that sort and they need to make a shivua? Am I not allowed to accept the money as a result of that shivua? Do I need to make certain that they don't make the shivua and let go of any, any, uh, any amount that I know is owed to me? Tosafot has two approaches. It seems like a machloka between brothers. Rashbam, Rabbi Shemuel, Rabbeinu Shemuel says, Kol sheken shivua atzma de'en kabel hemenu. Says Rabbeinu Shemuel, Tosafot on the right-hand side. Initially, Rabbeinu Shemuel says, says, I assume it's Rashbam, Rabbeinu Shemuel bin Meir, Rashbam, that's the brother of Rabbeinu, Tam, grandson of Rashi. He says, if you're not allowed to enter into the partnership, because it might lead to the Shivua, B'Shem Abu Dazara, you're certainly not allowed to, when in any circumstance, except the Shivua, says Rabbeinu Tam, not so fast, says Rabbeinu Tam, this is really a Gezerah, the Rabbanan of sorts, and as a result, if it's going to come at the expense of losing, of Hefzed Mamon, you're allowed to permit the non-Jew in that circumstance to use the Shivua B'Shem Abu Dazara, or to threaten you with the Shivua B'Shem Abu Dazara in the proceedings of whatever the circumstances. Generally speaking, we're lenient on this matter. Continues Tosafot, very importantly, Tosafot at the end, explain Mikol Makom, in the middle of Tosafot, Bizman Hazeh, Kulan Nishba'im Bekodashim Shelahen. When the non-Jews swear and they're surrounded by Christians, they say uh, when they make their swears, they're not swearing per se with the name or by the life of the God or gods. They're rather bakodashim shelahem. Tosafot's understanding is they're tapping into and they're referring to matters of sanctity and of deity and of holiness, not per se the gods themselves. 
and as a result, in the context of Shivua, Tosafot appraises and understands, they're not actually being Nishba B'Shem Avodah Zarah. Ve'afal pishema shemazkirim immahem shem shamayim, ve'kavanatam le'davar acher, it says, but listen to their swear, they mention the name of davar acher, they mention the name of Yeshua Nosri, they're talking about him in context, mikom akom enze shem avodat kochavim, that's not a name per se, it touches upon what we were discussing earlier, of Avodah Zarah, it's a person, it's a being. Gam, and here's the most critical Tosafot, a very confusing Tosafot, which has been debated over the course of hundreds of years. Gam, da'atam le'oseh shamayim. Furthermore, you should know when they talk about Shem Shamayim, when they talk about the God, or they're referring not only to the God that they've constructed, but to the God who created heavens and earth, meaning our God. That's what we call shituf. So if you're following Tosafot's statement, they've mentioned several things. Number one, they're stating or suggesting that the swear in general of the Christians is not with in mind the God. They're referring to a general sanctity tapping into that. That's the initial suggestion. Then they continue and they say when they talk about Shem when they talk about Shem Shammai, when they talk about their God, they're not only referring to the God that they have constructed, they're referring to the true God as well. And here's the critical and key point. They're violating, they're going over the prohibition of what's called shituf. We talked about this a little bit ago at one point last week. It's when you accept God and another. The true God, our God, and another. That's what's called shituf. Well, that's a problem in and of itself. Tosafot, have you, have you solved anything? Tosafot is suggesting that in today's day and age when we're dealing with Christians and not pagan rites and cultures, in that circumstance, it's permitted to accept the swear. Why is it permitted to accept the swear? Even if we don't accept the approach of Rabbeinu Tam, says Tosafot, well, they're not necessarily swearing l'shem Elohim, and secondly, or Elohim, and secondly, if they are, it's what's called shituf. Says Tosafot, we don't know that it's prohibited to cause others, we know that it's prohibited to cause others to swear by means with the name of Avodah Zarah. But by means of Avodah Zarah plus, who said that's prohibited? Says Tosafot, what about the Isur of Lifne'i ver lo titen michshol? You're not allowed to set someone up for sin. Answers Tosafot, lo uzharu al kach. Noach are not warned about this. So there are three, generally speaking, three approaches to this Tosafot, all very important in and of their own right. The first approach to the Tosafot is uh, that of Maharsha and others. It happens to be I learned this both in yeshiva and then in graduate school. Graduate school, I was learning. I I, I, made, I mastered. I have my masters in medieval Jewish history. Medieval Jewish history focused both on the Middle Eastern rabbis, those of uh, what we call Sfaradim, but also Ashkenazim. Ashkenazim. These were real issues. These were halachic issues. This Tosafot and the approach of all. Those who came after Tosafot was very relevant. All their dealings were with Christians. They had to know how to deal with this. How were they determining it and so forth. Anyway, the first approach to Tosafot, generally speaking, is that they're suggesting that for Christians, for non-Jews, there is no Isur of Shituf, which is an amazing thing, which almost touches upon an approach which says it's not right, it's prohibited for us, but for them it's not per se Avodah Zarah. It's an amazing thought. It means that Shituf, they're accepting the true God and they're adding another one well, that is not something that they're prohibiting. We're certainly prohibited. It's not one of the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach referred to it as such. It's a mitzvah for us. 
that already has new and interesting vantage points if it was the normative approach with regards to our relations or lack thereof with Christians. Second approach of Tosafot, that of Nodabi Huda and others, is Tosafot's only talking about in the context of swears. And swears and vows and oaths, in that circumstance, you're allowed to let them mention it as such. It's not that that's permitted for the Christians. It's not that that's not considered Avodah Zarah for them. They're certainly liable and punishable and all that sort of stuff. This is Avodah Zarah for them. When you're in the court, for us, we're not allowed to mention it in the context of a swear or a vow. For them, they're allowed to, that's the second approach of Tosafot. The third approch of Tos- to Tosafot is that of, uh, of Sha'ar Ephraim and others, is that Tosafot mentioned as well that if you recall, we kind of glossed over those words, they don't intend the gods. Their intention is not for the gods, their intention is for Kodashim. Their intention is for holy and spiritual matters. And as a result, it's possible Tosafot throwing in there is already diminishing the stature and severity of the circumstance. They're saying, we don't even believe that they're actually talking about Avodah They throw in all those holy and spiritual words and gods in this context, but they don't have, actually have that intention. Again, all important issues if you were dealing with a Christian, all important issues in today's day and age when you're dealing with what the relationship to a Christian or to a church or the like is about, because each of these approaches touches upon and deals with how much is their quote and acceptance for them by us. In other words, it's not that we're accepting the approach, it's that we're understanding perhaps, according to to one of these approaches, that that approach to deity, that approach to uh, avodah, certainly is avodah zarah for us, but shitu for them might not be prohibited. I would be amiss in not mentioning in this context, just very briefly, Mi'iri, who's a minority opinion, uh, to, uh, to, to say it lightly, um, Mi'iri has this approach that Christianity today is not considered avodah zarah. Mi'iri was a Provençal, a southern French rabbi, in the third, late 13th century, and his approach is Avodah Zarah was very much defined by wrongful, inappropriate moral activity. He says, although they might have wrong God approaches, we don't treat them as Ode Avodah Zarah, which means to say, of course, the approach is wrong and prohibited for us, but we don't treat them as such as Ode Avodah Zarah. For someone like Mi'iri, when you walk into a restaurant and you have to make certain that the wine is Mibushal, uh, for Mi'iri, that would not be uh, an, a mandate, an obligation. It's not an accepted opinion, nor is Maharsha in the context of these matters. We consider Christians of the Avodah Zarah as a result. Entrance into churches is very much a severe prohibition for the reasons mentioned, kind of here, but really in Masechet Avodah Zarah. It's just to be noted and to be understood. There are such minority opinions, and you have to understand it, as Morris Ben will probably tell me afterwards. Contextually, they're talking about during a time and age during which they're surrounded by it. They're looking and searching for not leniencies, but understandings of circumstances where you maybe could be lenient. Okay, anyway, continues the Gemara over here. Ki ata ula, we're four lines up before the lines get wide. When ula comes from Eres Israel, bat means he, he slept the night, be kalnabo. He slept the night on his way into Bavel in a place called kalnabo. Now Rashi points out the word nevo is avodah zarah. Well, that being the case, he sleeps the pla- he sleeps the night in the name of a place which is referred to as Hashem Avodah Zarah. All right, Amar le Rava, Rava turns to Ula and asks him, I guess the next day or a week or two later, where did my master, where did Ula, where did you sleep the night? Amar le Kalnavo. He says, I did so in Kalnavo. Rava says, Oh my goodness. I can't believe you just said so. 
Ulah, how'd you mention the name of the place? The name of the place is in Abu Dazarah. We just mentioned in the Beraita'a that you're not allowed to even, as a place marker, mention the Abu Dazarah. You just use the name of Abu Dazarah. Amar leh. Answers are Ulah, this is permitted. I'm allowed to refer to the place Kalnavo to you. After all, Biohanan has the following statement. As if it's mentioned, if the name of the Avodazara is in the Torah, well, then it's permitted uh, forevermore to mention. What's the idea? The idea generally, there's several approaches. So the idea generally speaking is if the Torah mentions this name, if the Torah is referring to it, it's being matirit. By definition, we're supposed to be reading the Torah. If we're supposed to be reading the Torah, we're mentioning this name. If mentioning this name, it means this name is an exception to the rule. If Kalnavo or if Nevo is mentioned somewhere in the Tanakh, well, as a result, says Ula, it's permitted. Really, where's Nevo in the Torah? I search Hamisha Humshe Torah, Veha Hecha Ketiba. Where does it say Nevo in Hamisha Humshe Torah, or in Nevim, or in Ketubim, that you, Ula, determined that you're allowed to mention this name of the place, Kal Nevo Dichtiv. After all, the Pasuk says in Sefer Yeshaya, Kara Bel Kores Nevo. So we'll deal with exactly what that Pasuk means in just a few moments. But for now, we see the word Nevo in there. And it's a reference to Abu Dazara. The fact that Yeshaya Hanavi was willing to and able to use that name Nevo was matir for us to use it as well. He certainly wasn't transgressing Torah. He's working based on Nevoah. And as a result, it's permitted for us as well. Vi'ila ketiva lo. Says the Gemara, and if it's not written in the Torah, the name of the Abu Dazara, we're not allowed to use that name? I have a question for you from rabbinic literature. Mativ Rav Meshav Shreya. Rav Meshav Shreya asks a question from Masechet Zavin. Masechet Zavin, of course, talks about, and we're going to deal with very briefly, a person who has an emission called Ziva. And we talked a little bit about it in parasha in recent weeks. Ziva means there's an emission, and in turn, that emission will render the person tameh. There are all sorts of laws, most of which we're not familiar with today. They're not all that relevant to us today, especially in a time and age during which we're not dealing with kodashim and taharot. But anyway, here's the halakha. Ra'a ahat miruba keshalosh. If one emission of the Zav, generally speaking, we're waiting for more than one emission to establish that this is really Ziva. One time, two time, might not be, depending on circumstances, rendering this person Tamer. It's a regular emission. We say, okay, you ate wrong, you slept wrong, you drank wrong, something went wrong in your internal uh, digestion tract. But over here, if it happens several times, that's how we establish this as something significant. What if on one emission, one time, it's just the length of it is like three. In such a circumstance, he has a specific status, he's a zav. But I didn't have the rep- repetition. You told me just a moment ago, I could say that maybe it's a fluke, maybe it's something else that went wrong. If it was so long in terms of time, like three, it's commensurate to three, that makes me a zav. What is three? How do I determine the, the period of time that's considered an emission of three? Shehi kemigidion Leshilo, or Gadion Leshilo. It's the amount of time it would take to walk or travel from a place called Gadion Leshilo. Now, before we continue onward, you should know the name of the place Gadion is Avodazara. That name, Gadion, is the Shem Avodazara. So here you don't just have Ula speaking like that. Here you have a Mishnah explicitly using the word of the name of the place, which is Avodazara. Before we get to the question on this, which we now know is coming, Shehen Shete Tevilot Ushne Sifugim. It's the amount of time the rabbis approximated it would take to dip yourself, immerse yourself in a body of water, come out and draw yourself. 
go back in, immerse yourself, and again draw yourself. That's the amount of time we're dealing with, I guess, Gadion and Shiloh, or the amount of time it takes to go in and to draw yourself. It's about the same time. In such a circumstance, you have the status and stature of Zav Gamur with all the halachot that apply to it, none of which we're going to discuss right now. But here we go. The question is, in turn, you just told me in the name of Rabbi Ohanan, the only circumstance, Ula, that it's permitted to mention the Shema Avodah if it's mentioned in the Torah. Over here, Gadion, where's the mention in the Torah? Amar Ravina, Ravina defends Gad Name Mikhtav Ketiv. The truth is, Gad, which is the extension, which is extended with that name Gadion, is actually written again, not Gad as Shiftei Yisrael, but rather Gad as an Avodah Zarah. Dikhtiv, the Pasuk says in Sefer Yeshaya, again, the Pasuk says over here, Ha'orechim Lagad Shulhan. So the, and the context of the Pasuk is, uh, it's, it's, it's berating, it's making fun of it, it's angry at Am Yisrael. You know what you guys do? Instead of setting your table for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you set your table for God, for Avodah Zarah. There it is, it's mentioned in the Pasuk, and as a result, we can mention the name Gadion as well. Amar Rav Nachman says, Rav Nachman, reflecting on what we just mentioned, these Pesukim, on the general context of not talking about Avodah Zarah, there are ways and circumstances where it's nice or it's appropriate to talk about Avodah Zarah, really. How so? Kol sanuta asira chutz mele sanuta da'avodat kochavim desharia. Generally speaking, mockery, making fun of something, not making a joke. That would be bidihuta. Over here, mockery, le sanuta, is asira. To make a mockery of something, of someone, is prohibited unless it's making fun of, it's mocking Avodah Zarah. That's the statement over here. Again, important and simple contrast. We're not talking about humor and, and, and being funny and making jokes. That's permitted. The Gemara describes how many of the Imoraim would open their classes by making jokes, how they talked very highly of those who made jokes and had a way of having that approach. But lesanuta, which means putting down, mockery, that's what's prohibited generally speaking. Lebar, aside for chutz, me lesanuta, da'avodat kochavim. Except for Avodah Zarah, the Shariah, the Khtib brings a source for this, Kara Bel, Karas Nevo. So that's the Pasuk. Now the word Kara and Karas, we kind of know. Kara means to squat or to bow down. means to bow down. And Karas is something similar to squat or to go down. So the Pasuk is describing two Avodah Zarahs, Bal, excuse me, yeah, Bel and Nevo. And the pasuk mentions them squatting. What's the understanding? What do we? Uh, what do we do? Kerso kiro yachdav lo yachedu lo yachelu malet masa. So the pasuk continues and it says that their squatting and their bowing down was not able for them to relieve them of the burden. What's that pasuk referring to? We'll deal with. Uh, in just a second, Uchtiv, and furthermore, the pasuk says, "Diberu la agalot." Here's the pasuk. One second, "Diberu la agalot la aglot bet aven yahuru shechan shomron bet aven yahuru shechan shomron ki aval alav amo uchmarav alav yagilu." So the the pas al kevodo ki galamimenu. So each of these pesukim, the understanding of the hachamim, will be referring to the avodah zarah relieving themselves, um, uh, defecating. I'll 
Of course, Avodah Zarah, which is an idol, does not defecate. And in turn, that's right, you're supposed to be laughing, Jared. That's the Lesanuta. It's Pesukim and Tanakh, which are supposed to be making fun of. You're supposed to make mockery, or you're supposed to make mockery of Avodah Zarah. Did they? I thought we fell prey to Baal Peor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that they did, that they did they a lot did of mockery? The, they did the actions of Baal But that wasn't mockery. That was the action. They, they fell prey to it. Over here, so the first pasuk refers to how the Baal and the Nivel, they're squatting because lo yachelu, they weren't able to get rid of that masa. What's that masa? It means that which was held inside. They, they needed to go to the bathroom. They weren't able to. Kind of, you see the person, it doesn't really happen, but you see the person on his way to the bathhouse, especially when a bathhouse was far away, and they get stuck on the way, and they need to squat down because they can't hold it in. That's one description. That's the first description, the first pasuk. This next one is describing how uh, you're dealing with this circumstance, the way Rashi explains this through is as follows. You're dealing with these agalot, which sanherev, if I'm not mistaken, Rashi says, Rashi writes over here, uh, So there are these agalim, there's avodah zarah, these calves of sword in Betel. You should know those who are in Shomron were feeling bad when Sanherev was taking the avodah zarah away. Because they're sad that Sanherev is taking the avodah zarah away. The, uh, the, uh, the those uh, what's it called the priests who are dealing with it alav yagilu they're very happy what are they very happy about that the kivodo and instead of reading it kivodo which means it's honor read it as kivedo it's heaviness galamimenu uh, what's galamimenu it was lost instead of them being so heavy now because they have what they just ate inside of them they've relieved themselves of course you're supposed to be laughing it's ridiculous you're dealing with idols they don't go to the bathroom, they don't have to relieve themselves at all. These Pesukim are laughing at them, and instead of reading it again as Kivodo, read it as Kivedo, instead of it being its honor, it's rather its heaviness, which of course refers to its excretion. Amar Rebi Itzhak Mai Dichtiv, we have a few more of these. Amar Rebi Itzhak Mai Dichtiv, what's the meaning of the Pasuk here in Sefer Hoshea? Pasuk says, Ve'ata Yosifu Lahato Vaya'asu Lahem Masecha Mikaspam kat kitvunam atzabim. So the first part of the pasuk is not so hard. They continued to sin. They made a masecha, a mask, or some sort of image, graven image of Abu Dazara from their silver. What's these last words in the pasuk? That's what we're going to be focused on for our part, not in the whole pasuk that we're quoting. Kitvunam, they wrote them. Atzabim, my kitvunam atzabim. What's that a reference to? Milametrikole hadve atzabim is a reference to Avodah Zarah. What does it mean that they, they drew or they wrote out the Avodah Zarah? They worshiped the Avodah Zarah. Milametrikole hadve had asad demut yirato amani habikiso. This is a reference to the way of the Avodah Zarah, 
they would or do, whatever it is, they take the Avodazara and then they make a miniature of it. So instead of just having the Avodazara which you worship, then you make a miniature of it and you leave that miniature in your pocket. When you think about it during good times or bad times, when they think about it, they take it out and they kiss it. Many people make, made or make the mistake that this is what cro- this is a reference to crosses. Not a reference to crosses, as Chacham Vadya Yosef points out. Crosses are not Avodazara. Crosses are a symbolism of some sort, but it's not a way of worship. Uh, in other words, it could be a way of worship. It's not, generally speaking, the way of worship. And as a result, Chacham Vadya Yosef deals with not us wearing them or embracing them or enjoying them, but making business out of them. If a person were to make business out of them, it's permitted in such a circumstance. He quotes many of the early authorities in Poskim who deal with this and explain this. This is not even Tikrovet Avodazara, it's just a symbolism of a connectedness to this religion. As a matter of fact, Chacham Vadya Yosef would mention this in a class maybe last year at some point, so I remember sending the picture after Afterwards, he references in there that there's a well-known picture of Rabbi Yaakov Meir. Rabbi Yaakov Meir was one of the early Rishon Lesions of the Sfaradim in, in Eretz Israel in the early 1900s. And he got a, a present from some army of some sort, and it looked a little bit like a cross. And he would proudly wear it around. How could he proudly wear it around? Avodazara. Now, again, I'm not suggesting that you do that or that you adorn yourself with it. However, I'm explaining, and that's the Tishubav Chacham Vadya, in which he points out it's not Avodazara. It's not what we're referring to over here. Over here, we're referring to making a miniature Abu Dazara and using it, so to speak, as part of your right. And even this is not per se prohibited as Abu Dazara. It's just very much inappropriate. That's even further from that. Lastly, says the Gemara, Adam Agalim Yishkun. The Pasuk says they slaughter to their gods, or they slaughter men, they slaughter Adam. But furthermore, the Pasuk says they kiss or they're kiss, they kiss Agalim. Agalim, of course, are calves. Uh, so these Agalim Yishakun. It's the end of this Pasuk in Hoshea. What's that a reference to? They kiss calves? Amar Bitzhak Deve Rabbi Amir. Bitzhak quote in the name of Rabbi Amir. Apparently, what used to happen, says the Bet Midrash of Rabbi Amir, the, the heads of the Avodazara, they would. They would point out and determine for themselves the rich people. And then, then they would take these, that's what Chinese do, and then they would take the calves which they were worshipping as Abu Dazara, what does it have to do with the rich people? And then the way Rashi explains, and then they would make some sort of idol, some sort of image of the rich person. And then you have the, the starved, the famished uh, calves who are looking for their food, and when they put in a little food, they look up, and what do they see? The picture, the idol of the rich person. And then after they give them a little bit of food, they then let out the calves, and the calves, which everyone envisioned the Avodah now have in their mind, or in their eyes, their mind, eyes mind, uh, what are they looking for? They're givers of food. Who are their givers of food? The idol, the image they had in there. Once they find the rich guys, Says the in conclusion, what they would do in turn is the following. They would turn to those rich people and say, you see, the Avodah loves you very much. It's coming up to you. It's kissing you. It's nuzzling, nuzzling its nose into you. And as a result, you better, may as well go after it. And what would happen in turn, it says, they would bring themselves, the rich guys, to slaughter themselves for Avodah What happens to all the possessions after they slaughtered themselves for Avodah Of course, 
course, the Avdeavodazara, the heads of the tra- of the of the uh, of the sect, get to keep the wealth, and as a result, that's the reference to the pasuk. They kiss the the calves. Of course, the question will be: They're not kissing the calves. The calves are kissing them. We'll deal with that next time. Baruch Amen. Amen.